Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Well, as many of you may have read recently, California legislature has been very active. We have a number of new employment laws for California, and we're going to spend about 15 minutes today talking about the laws that are applicable to the workplace. Now, remember, when new laws become effective, there are often obligations that employers have to comply with. And some of these laws get a lot of press and some of them don't. So I'm just gonna go quickly through a number of developments so you know what is out there. And then I'm gonna end up highlighting some of them later this month, the ones that I think are really important. Obviously, we're gonna spend three hours talking about the new laws in our upcoming legal update. So this will be actually our 22nd annual legal update. We would love to have you join us. So just go to our website under the training tab and you can register for that. So let's talk about the new laws. There are several different categories. The first one is leaves of absence, all right? We have AB 1041. Now what that law does is say that employees who take time off under the California Family Rights Act, which remember applies to employers with five or more employees, can use the time for a quote designated person. So this is an individual whom the employee identifies um, during each 12 in the month period at the time they want to take the leave. Doesn't have to be a relative, doesn't have to be a blood relation. It can be anyone who they choose. So that is an important development in terms of how designated person um, is going to be used under the California Family Rights Act. Now, the other thing AB 1040 does or excuse me, scratch that. The other thing AB 1041 does is expand the use of California's paid sick leave, the Healthy Workplace, Healthy Families Act sick leave, also including the designation of a designated person. So you've got both the California Family Rights Act and the Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act, both including now designated persons. So it's important, obviously, to update your handbook, make sure your policies and your forms are up to date with these new developments. The other leave of absence issue we have is Assembly Bill 1949, which finally gives bereavement leave to employees. Now, I'll be honest, I don't actually see the need for bereavement leave because there are so many other leave provisions that employees can take advantage of. A, a bill has been presented in the California legislature several years in a row now about bereavement leave. Governor Newsom finally signed this one. This law is very broad. It applies to all public sector employers and private sector employers with five or more employees. You notice that five or more is very common with many of the laws we talk about in the leave of absence arena. Under the new law, the employees may take up to five days of bereavement leave. Um, for the death of a family member, that is defined as a spouse, child, parent, sibling, grandparent, grandchild, domestic partner, or parent-in-law. It can be unpaid leave, but employees must be permitted to use their existing leave that um, is available to them, so accrued but unused, something like vacation, sick leave, etc. The employer can require documentation of the need for leave, and the leave has to be completed within three months of the 
triggering event, the death of the covered family member. Now, the other category of laws we have is an equal employment opportunity. As you know, California's Fair Employment and Housing Act is the law that applies in the state with respect to, to harassment, discrimination, and retaliation at work. Assembly Bill 2188 extends the protections of the Fair Employment and Housing Act to cannabis. And what it says basically is if an employee is using cannabis off the job and away from the workplace, there can be no negative employment action. Obviously, this implicates drug testing, right? So drug testing is still legal as long as it doesn't screen for what they call non-psychoactive cannabis metabolites. Those metabolites are the things that make folks test positive for marijuana, but they don't necessarily have anything to do with someone being impaired by the use of marijuana. Now, this new law is not effective until January 1, 2024, but it is going to require employers to get their drug testing processes in order and also to make sure that they update their equal employment opportunity policies. Along the same lines in equal employment opportunity, we have SB Senate Bill 523. SB 523 is in response to the overturn of Roe versus Wade, and it protects applicants and employees from any negative employment decisions based on their reproductive health decisions. So it does include, but is not limited to any drug or device or procedure that's related to reproductive health. Okay, now, Another category here are COVID-19 laws. As you know, the pandemic uh, first sort of became um, on our radars fully in March of 2020. There have been a number of laws passed in California, both on a state level and on a local level. A couple of new sort of revisions to COVID laws, AB 2693 is all about COVID-19 notice requirements. And one of the things it does is says that employers no longer have to report to their public health department when there's a COVID positive response. That's because public health departments were being inundated, obviously, with phone calls. They also can satisfy the posting requirement by just doing a general notice um, in a place where employees will see it rather than doing individual notices. The notice requirements, remember, were going to expire on January 1, 2023, but now those requirements are going to be extended by virtue of AB 2693 until January 1, 2024. There's also a new law, um, Assembly Bill 1751. This law relates to the presumption that any workers' comp claims that are filed for an illness that is COVID-19 is going to be presumed to be work-related, all right? So if somebody tests positive, um, and they've been working in the workplace, there's a presumption that it's covered by workers' comp. That presumption was also set to expire January 1 of 2023, but it is going to be extended an additional year, um, just like the COVID-19 notice requirements. Now, remember, we've also got this emergency temporary standard that was issued by Cal OSHA. That is going to expire at the end of the year, but we are hearing that the standards board is going to be coming out with potentially a more permanent standard. So we don't have specifics on that yet, but stay tuned that that may be coming. 
There's another issue that we've been hearing a lot about that actually has an interesting implication for the workplace. It's the California Privacy Rights Act. We're about to do a webinar on this topic. Erica Frank and Julia Melnico and our firm have become experts in this area. And they're going to focus on the employment law related obligations under the CPRA. And the main one is on January 1, 2023, all employers covered by the CPRA will have new obligations for both applicant and employee personal information. So there's disclosure requirements and notice requirements. There are a number of different things that employers are going to need to implement here in California. And Erica and Julia will talk about those during the webinar. We'll also talk about it in more detail at the legal update. There's an odd one under workplace safety, which is Senate Bill 1044. This law says, well, if there's a quote, emergency condition, an employer can't take any adverse action against an employee who wants to leave the workplace. They also can't prohibit employees from accessing their cell phone when there's an emergency. The idea is that we want people to be safe at work. And if they feel like they need to leave because there's a safety issue, they get to do so. Interestingly, this law does not apply to COVID. They make very clear that it's in the language of the statute that it does not apply to COVID. So that is going to be interesting. It's really going to apply to things like fires, hurricanes, um, weather-related incidents, that sort of thing. Also related to pay transparency, we have Senate Bill 1162, which the part of it that's getting a lot of press are the pay scales, right? That employers with 15 or more employees are going to need to post pay scales in their job postings. So even if it's an informal discussion of, oh, we have this job opening, you're going to need to be able to um, explain what the job scale is for that position. Obviously, this is all about making sure that people are being paid fairly and there's transparency in compensation. The other part of this law is about the pay data requirements that apply to employers with 100 or more employees who have to report various things to the California Civil Rights Department, previously known, of course, as the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. There's a lot to talk about with SB 1162. We had a webinar about it a couple of weeks ago, and we are going to talk about it in detail at the legal update that is um, coming up. We have several sessions of that. Okay, now, obviously, when you talk about these new laws, there are also some industry-specific uh, developments that will not apply to all of you. But, for example, the fast food industry now is going to have a council that is within the Department of Industrial Relations, where the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement is. And they have 10 members who are appointed to look at minimum working hours and other working conditions at fast food restaurants. Um, that was an important development. That's Assembly Bill 257. And then Assembly Bill 1601 applies to call centers. And it basically applies the provisions of what we call CalWARN or the baby warn. When you close a facility or you transfer a certain number of employees, you have to give notice. And if you don't give appropriate notice, there are a number of penalties. So this law, AB 1601, applies those requirements to call centers that are relocated or closed. So it's important for employers that have call centers to know about the provisions of AB 257 and the CalWARN law.
Obviously, there's a lot to look at here, folks. You're going to need to, as I said earlier, update handbooks, update policies, update forms. But this will at least give you some idea of where things are going right now. If you have additional questions, of course, if you're in a situation where you have questions about these laws, make sure you talk to your regular employment counsel to get information. So you can decide what you want to do and how you want to roll out procedures, processes, etc., that may be related to these laws. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.